you wanted the best, you got the best. And there is no doubt that mybookie.ag is the best online sportsbook out there. Easiest website layout, the best odds, and payouts in only two days. So head over to mybookie.ag, check it out for yourself, and then sign up using promo code WCE100 for a 50% deposit bonus. You want the best sports gambling action? It's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE100. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? Honey Badger don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 162. This is the Tuesday, November the 14th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Chris, how was your weekend, buddy? Good weekend. Uh, Not as great as last weekend, but still profitable and uh and nice yeah it was it was a fun weekend so for those that don't know tuesday is the college football recap edition of the show um let's go ahead and jump in we'll uh we'll toss out my top 10 and then you have a top 10 this week right yeah yeah i I decided to throw my hat in the ring give my two cents on what i think sounds Uh, like a plan to me right so all right well here's uh here's mine so my top 10 i've got alabama sitting number one miami number two uh, although I could be persuaded, uh, you know, either or. Um, Oklahoma, number three. Clemson, four. I've got Wisconsin, five. Uh, number six, Auburn. Number seven, Georgia. Number eight, Ohio State. Number nine, Notre Dame. And number 10, TCU. Uh, and honestly, I, I almost didn't rank anything past, like, eight. You know? Because <laughs> I, okay. I think those are the only ones that can actually get into the playoffs. To the playoffs. Uh, but that's so. That's all you were looking at, though, right? Uh, really, honestly, yeah. Because you left out a team that you've had in there all year. Central Florida. That's right. I, I knew exactly where you were going with that. And and they and they have given all the reasons why. I mean, I could make an argument that they should be ranked over TCU and Notre Dame. I I would almost agree with you there. I mean, the metrics say that they are a legit top ten team. I think it's the same reason why I have Wisconsin down at number five. There's just not enough data against really good teams. And I know that that's like, I know you and I argue about this, you know, every now and then, but, you know, they they can only beat the people that are in front of them. And I got that. But if you don't look great all the time doing it, and it's not that Central Florida doesn't, it's just that they haven't played anybody that has even sniffed the the top 25 yet well no they've played two teams and that were in the top 25 i don't know if they still are but memphis and navy have both been in the top 25 at one point in time and before the end of the year it wouldn't shock me if smu's in the top 25 uh it may be tough for smu to get there because 
South Florida has been in the top 25. And, and they still are. They, they will probably beat them. They haven't played them yet. But so when this is all said and done, they won't have a resume that won't look a whole lot different than Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. How crazy is that? No, I mean, it's just, you know, that's, I think this, okay. So that's, that's a good top 20, top 10. Your top 10 is probably what the national media is going to put out for the most part. People are going to agree and align with that. Okay. I think there are three top schools that are undefeated and I think winning matters. And my number one school overall right now, based on what we have seen, based on resume is Miami that they're undefeated and they have the best win out of everybody. Alabama doesn't have a signature win yet at all. Okay. They've played two good teams, not two great teams and everybody else is garbage. True. The two good teams they played have outgained them and outplayed them the entire game. They found a way to win. That matters. That's important. But they didn't outplay the two good teams. Miami have played a good team in Virginia Tech, and they beat the hell out of them, and a great team in Notre Dame, and they beat the hell out of them. And I think it's impossible to say they have not earned, at this point in time as we stand today, the number one overall ranking. I can understand that. I have no problem with that. Look, if they go in and beat Auburn and and go into the SEC championship game and then beat Georgia, then no, it may be a different, different environment. Because yeah. then your resume is different. But right, today, right. But as the, of as of today, I can see where you are coming I think, from. I think that's my problem. I think the media outlets that are out there, these national medias, are assuming victories in the future and judging them today based on what those will look like. And I have a problem with that because we all, I said it on this show, we all assumed as soon as Ohio State beat Penn State, well, you can just pencil them into the playoff. Let's just go ahead and chalk up every win from here on out. And what happened? The very next week, they didn't just lay an egg. They got beat by 30 against a team that that I didn't think was very good. Yeah, I, I, I was that, not a. I don't know that I was still consider them. They're definitely not great. No, it's they're, not a. It's not a good team. Good. Like it's not a. It's not a great team at all. I mean, they they just went to Wisconsin the week after and and got beat thirty eight to fourteen. And and that's why I also give Wisconsin at the third. Wisconsin has still played a schedule that is it great? No. Is it a whole lot worse than some of these other teams? Not really. It, it's just not. Alabama, other than Mississippi State and LSU, their schedule isn't any better than Wisconsin's. It's just not. And I agree. I would probably equate LSU and Iowa about the same. I don't. I don't know that we're better than Iowa. And and so you know, all right. So they beat the team equal to to Iowa. So Alabama has one better win against State than than Wisconsin has, which is why Wisconsin gets third and not second. Right. Now, that, that makes sense. I mean, if it, once we get to the end of the season, everybody's going to end up with two, three losses, whatever, right? So Mississippi State has three losses. LSU has three losses. They're both, okay. you know, pretty good wins. Um, or, as, or all these teams that are undefeated are going to play enough people to where it doesn't matter. Right. And that's, that's kind of where we're at. So really, between Alabama, Miami, and Wisconsin, you, you just toss them in a hat. Like, it's all kind Correct. of the same thing. Correct. 
And so where Miami had such a good win over Virginia Tech, well, then Virginia Tech went on the road and got beat at Georgia Tech this week. So now they've got three losses. So, you know, it kind of makes you look, all right, well, how good was that win? And it's and it was a good like it was a great win at the time, but you know I mean it, it look all of this will end up playing itself out. It's just a matter of who do you think is better. So let me ask you this, Since, okay. because that's yes, it's all playing out, but we have to grade it on today, and I think we have an obligation if we're going to do this to do it correctly. Right. I think that's where I have my stand on this is 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 we can't just say well it's going to work itself out so I can put them up there however the hell I want. I don't like that because then why are we doing it? And and so I want to do it right if we're going to do it. And and I think that's where my problem with the way the committee has done things and, and some of these other people is, is, well, if Wisconsin wins out, then we'll give them the credit at the end, but today we're not going to give them any credit. That well, because, because currently right now, you know, they didn't look – honestly, they haven't looked good against a lot of teams that are – Mediocre. So, like, where I give Alabama credit is they have dominated bad football teams. They don't play down to the competition. So, it's as far as, like you said, that they were outgained, uh, Alabama was by Mississippi State. Like, they, they were not outgained. They outrushed. They outpassed. Uh, the issue was they were outgained for a lot, of the, a lot of the game. Once it got to the fourth quarter and it was time to win – they absolutely shut Mississippi State down. I think a lot of this was coming off of the LSU game. It's kind of the same thing that LSU did against Arkansas, right? So LSU comes out, and it's, what, a 7-7 game at the half? Yes. And they ended up winning 33-10? to It was kind of the same thing. Alabama's down 24-17 to in the fourth quarter, and they said, all right, oh, look, it's time no, to – this, this was not the same thing. We even, even at 7-7, we dominated that game. We controlled every aspect of the game. It, during the Mississippi State game, at no point in time was Alabama in control until they took the the, the until the, the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, until, until yeah, not, not just the fourth quarter uh, until they took the lead at the end. That's the first time they had the lead the entire game, and that's when they took it, and that's it. Now that's all that matters is when the clock's hit zero, do you have the lead or not? Yeah, not no, absolutely, that, absolutely. They, now they and, and so Wisconsin. Now wait a minute. Wisconsin hasn't had a lot of close games either. Okay, we're talking about how they haven't they haven't beaten people by fifty, but that's not how they play football. They've beaten just about everybody by fifteen or more. Just about everybody they've played, they have handled pretty easily and have not been in threat of losing the game at all. So to say that, well, they haven't it beaten people impressively. You're just not watching their games. Well, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling them up. All right. Um, Let's see. They beat. Da, 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 da. Let's let's go through the schedule. Utah State was fifty nine to ten. That's normal. Florida Atlantic, who is turning out to be a really good football team, they beat thirty one to fourteen. Uh, they beat BYU, who is an awful team, forty to six. That's expected. Northwestern, who has turned into a pretty good football team, they beat thirty three to twenty four. Uh, they won at Nebraska, thirty eight to seventeen. They beat Purdue, seventeen to nine. They beat Maryland, thirty eight to thirteen. They won at Illinois, twenty four to ten. Uh, they beat Indiana forty-five to seventeen, and they beat Iowa thirty-eight to fourteen. Every game except for two, they've won by more than ten points. True. Every game except for two, they won by more than ten, and that was they won by nine and I think. Let's see, nine and eight. Seven, nine and eight. That was it. I know they were close. Yeah, seventeen like, and so nine. Other than that, they they controlled. Now we're we're using. I mean, 
they dominated those games. They were never in threat of losing those games. That's why I don't understand the they well they haven't handled people. Well, I I don't know how badly you have to handle people. I never liked it years ago when we considered style points and why well, beat them by 70 and you beat them by 50. Well, at the end of the day, once you're handling somebody like that, do I want to play younger players? Do I want to take the foot off the gas for sportsmanship or do I want to, you know, make a statement and embarrass somebody? Because that's that's what we're getting to. No, I completely understand. I completely understand. So, tell me uh, tell me the rest of your top ten real quick. All right, so my top ten, I got Miami, Alabama, Wisconsin, and then Oklahoma and Clemson, I got four and five. I think it's close. I think Oklahoma has played the toughest schedule maybe in the country, and and they're handling people. They've got two losses. Uh, they got one loss. One, lo- one loss, sorry, yeah. one loss. But they've got several great wins. So Oklahoma um, State, TCU, Ohio State. Uh, yeah, I mean they, they and two of those, those were on the road. Those three are tough. Those three are tough. And you're right, two of those three are on the road. Um, then I've got then the next three, and I think this is a round robin of these three teams have played each other. And and Auburn has two losses, but Auburn just beat the crap out of Georgia. There's no way on earth I could put Georgia over them. Georgia beat Notre Dame head-to-head. There's no way I could justify putting Notre Dame over them. My ninth, I have TCU because while TCU hasn't looked great in all of their games or really any of their games, they've beaten everybody they've played except for two teams. One of them is a top-four team, and the other one is the team that beat that top-four team. Both losses happened on the road. Um I think I give them a pass, and I jump them over the Ohio States and Penn States of the world. And then number 10, who I could easily justify putting at number 8, is Central Florida. I I think when it's all said and done, they will have more wins over top 25 teams than just about everybody on here, and they'll still be standing undefeated. I think that's amazing. Yeah, We don't credit them because they're in the AAC. But remember, the AAC last year was probably the third best conference in football. Maybe not third, fourth. Yeah, think, they, they, mean, were, they were better than the Big 12. They were better than the Big 12, and there's argument that they were better than the Pac-12. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Ed, because so, Washington so that, was mean, good, that, that and USC was, was good. good. And USC was good at the end. Other than that, the Pac-12 was not impressive at all. I, I think... I think we're discrediting them because they're in that group of five when I would like us to consider them more of a power six. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I can understand that. Let's uh let's go over all right, I had three hot takes on the website, right? So at winningcureseverything.com, um I I do a weekly college football recap. My three hot takes. Let's go on and jump into the first one. I, I I'm guessing that you will agree with me. The first one is Alabama is in trouble when they go to Auburn. Uh, yes. No, I don't know that that's a hot take, man. I, I I told you weeks ago I thought Auburn could run the table and make it to the playoff and uh, and compete for a national championship team. I, I think they're good. Well, here's Alabama's problem, right? Sean Deion Hamilton, their, their quarterback of the defense, middle linebacker, he went out in the LSU game, and he has done for the year. He's out. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. And that's where we have an issue is they put in Keith Holcomb, number 42. And Holcomb is, you know, I'm sure he's a good guy. Like, he, he's they, – they claim that he can call the defense and whatnot. But 
I watched him get blocked out of almost every play. He missed gaps. He it, So when you get that far down the depth chart, you run into problems. Mississippi State noticed that weakness, and they attacked it. Like it's If tough. you watched their offense, that was what they did. They, they literally ran right at spots where it, the gaps were supposed to be filled by uh, – by the linebackers. Yep. And Alabama had nobody there. They were able to attack that and get up. And Auburn's going to notice it and do the exact same thing. The issue is gonna, uh, whether or not Jalen Hurts is able to get rid of the football when he's supposed to. So, Or if he just holds on to the ball too long. He did that a lot. Now, at the end of the game, he was able to make the play that won the ball game. Uh, here's the thing now. Jalen Hurts doesn't get enough credit at all. He... He held on the ball a lot. That's because TV's not giving us very good camera angles. I don't think y'all had anybody open. Now you may be right. I think I think like we we give quarterbacks crap for holding on to the ball, but if nobody's open, yeah, at some point you got to throw it away and live to save another down. Well, not, here's the issue: not take the hit. But if nobody's open, you can't force it. That's how you turn the ball over. Well, Chris, I would Chris let me let me explain it to you. An Mississippi State brought eight people on like 70% of the plays. No, they blitzed all day. Yes, they were bringing everybody because here's the thing. They knew that the the game plan to beat Alabama is to make them beat you through the air. So they'll put eight in the box and drop three. So what you have to do in that situation is you, you run back and you get rid of the football almost immediately to your hot receiver. Right, so you got somebody running a slant somewhere. You're not going to have three guys or four guys running out, running post routes. So, what they needed to do was it. So as if if the slant was not immediately open, he would not throw the football. And that's it, it's. I'm not giving him too much crap here because no, he didn't turn the football over. Like that's that is an incredibly important aspect of this game, is that they never turn the ball over. But against teams like Auburn, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to have to take chances. And, I mean, that's that's where guys like Baker Makefield make the game, right? Like, that, that's what terrifies me of, of a guy like that is he is able to find the hot receiver, and you just got to put the ball out there and let him go get it. Let your receivers make a play. Because when you've got eight guys in the box, you're not going to be able to run. So that's that's where the issue will be, and, and honestly, if if Hertz is not capable of doing that, I mean, it could be a replica of that Georgia game. It could be a replica of the Auburn Georgia game. Look, man, you you were concerned, not concerned. You discredited, and a lot of people did Auburn's offense. No one thought they were going to be able to score when they played a great defense. And and I I just I've watched them score forty points on everybody, and not that they played any great defenses, but it doesn't matter if they played a great defense or an okay defense. They're they're averaging forty points a game almost in every every game they play. I I think they can score on anybody, and I think they have the defense good enough to slow other teams down. That is a team several weeks ago I thought can win the national championship, and they have two losses. Well, that's, that is my second hot take. Uh, Georgia could not handle playing in a raucous road environment. Like, I, I think that they might actually have trouble when they go to Atlanta. Yep. Here in two weeks. Yeah, and, and not that Georgia Tech is a great team, 
But how will Jake Fromm handle the pressure on the road? And and you called this last week, and I, I didn't give it as much credit as I probably should have. Uh, but Auburn was a different beast because it wasn't just Fromm. It was the entire team. It was it was fumbles on punt returns. It was personal fouls on punch that kept drives going at, for Auburn. And, and honestly, the fact that Georgia could not block Auburn's defensive front was – I don't know. It, basically, the entire team just – collectively crap the bed on the planes like that yeah. that's what they did they they have played in these cushy soft i use the word safe or uh venues all the stadiums that they've played into have been safe for them they they have dominated traveling well they went to notre dame in droves and it was black and red all throughout that stadium and then of course in in knoxville and in vanderbilt that's it. That's their only road games. And then everyone says, well, they play a neutral site against Florida. We all knew Florida was at the worst. This might be the worst Florida situation we've seen in our lifetime. Our lifetime, man. I'm almost 35 years old. And this could be the worst Florida team we've ever seen. Yeah. And and you think, and this might be one of the better Georgia teams we've ever seen. You think those Florida fans were showing up for the cocktail party? No. These guys have played in safe environments all season. And then they went from playing safe and soft and fun and everybody loving and supporting us and having a good time to just pure hell, SEC, big boy on the road football. And they, and and they, they were not able to do anything from there. Hang. No, they couldn't hang at all. Couldn't hang. It now, was, I'm curious what Atlanta will look like because there's still a lot of Georgia people in Atlanta, and and I, they might take up half of that stadium, you know. And then when they have the SEC championship game, they're going to have 50% or more no matter who they play because they do travel well, and it is in Atlanta. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know this. They – they went into a hostile environment and they did not bode well. Yeah. No, they, they did not. All right, my third hot take is Missouri is the second best team in the SEC East right now. Do you agree with this? No. Really? No, I Who? still think South Carolina. Really? Yeah. Well, See, we can only judge them off of what we've seen. And South Carolina beat them pretty handily when they played at Missouri. Yeah. I know that was several weeks ago. That's second week I, of the season. I, I think South Carolina's defense will slow this offense down because I've seen them do it. And I've also seen nobody to this point put up a lot of points against South Carolina. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. After uh, after Missouri's 50-17 win over, over Tennessee, uh, I, I think that Missouri's offense is clicking on a different level right now than they were early in the year. Nah, so, they're playing the, they might be playing the softest defense in the country. Yeah, with Florida and Tennessee, and now, I mean, it, it's like I told you a few weeks ago. They've got Vanderbilt and Arkansas left on the schedule. I like, think they could lose both those games. You think oh, they could you're talking lose about, Oh, you're talking about Missouri. Yeah. You're talking about Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Missouri will end up at 7-5. and five. Um, I, I mean, do they give Barry Odom an extension, or do they just kind of see what happens next year? Uh, a lot of it. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm not an extension guy. 
I don't understand why you can't coach out a contract. But the, the, that con that concept has never never worked for me. We sign a four year deal. Why am I a jerk for expecting you to finish the four years before I give you another deal? I, I, I've never gotten that. But anyway, well, I think a lot of it has to do with recruiting, right? Well, it does, but Missouri hasn't recruited well with him having a big deal. So, I mean, you got a point there. How does how does that change his recruiting? He had a four year deal when he started this recruiting process, and he he hasn't recruited well. So, yeah, no, you you've got a point. My, I'm not marrying uh, it, myself to him getting a big buyout and screwing the school for long term. Yeah, no, that forget that. Make any sense? Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, it, my my honor roll uh, hot take was that Gus Malzahn needs to. Uh, needs to turn this newfound popularity into another job uh, because it, it it's just like it was with with Passner at Memphis and and whoever else right once you have a a down year once your fan base kind of turns on you a little bit all it takes is one year for it to go wrong and then you're out so if if he is able to turn this into an SEC championship game or or even if he loses to Alabama and he ends up nine and three um it, with with his AD that hired him being gone after this season, if you were Gus Malzahn, would you be looking for a different landing spot? No, this is crazy. This is just ridiculous. Now, how he's, is this ridiculous? He's been to a national championship game. He's competing right now for the SEC East or West. You know, he's in the national championship conversation. What job is better than Auburn? What job would he compete for? Would he go after that would be better than Auburn? Texas A&M. All right, that's better than Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) But man, I think that's shady. Look, I I I will tell you this. It's rare we see it. Man, we just I just don't like the idea of guys leaving jobs and staying in the conference. And 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 even staying in the same division, and just taking another job. Now we like we it, haven't seen it in the SEC in twenty years, right? Oh, so the last it, guy to do it, right? Yeah, Tuberville went from Ole Miss to Auburn, but uh, that had to do with you know NCAA probation and all that kind of stuff. That's right. But That's right. could you imagine if it happens twice this year? Say Malzahn goes to, and everybody's linking him to the Arkansas job. But honestly, I think that there are still people at Arkansas that don't like the way that things went down when he was the offensive coordinator under Houston Nutt. So I don't, I don't think they like that. Um, They're stupid. They're yeah. stupid. They need to roll over and thank whatever god they worship if Malzahn even considered going to that toilet after the way they've you know looked right now. What they look like football wise, they better thank everything they would think if Malzahn would even take an interview. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's ridiculous. I don't like him because of something that happened 15 years ago. Get over it. <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's been a part of one national championship. Played, played for another others. one. Yeah, yeah. Played, played for another one. Like, get over it. He's he's consistently in the top ten and beating your brains out. No, you, you drop to your knees and say, thank you, sir. What would you like the check to be? And, yeah. and write it. But all right. So aside from that, Arkansas or Texas A and M, if if he were to take one of those, and then Dan Mullen was to leave Mississippi State and go to Tennessee, could you imagine how crazy this conference would be if those if those two things went down? 
Well, Mississippi State leaving Mississippi State for Tennessee is not the same thing. Okay, that 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 is not the same thing. A, you are going to a different division in the same conference, but Tennessee and State play every like fifteen years. That that doesn't matter. Also, no one would say that Tennessee is not a substantial leg up than Mississippi State. Nobody would argue that. I agree. Everybody would agree in unison that's a better job, and it's not close. I think if he wants to win right now, he's going to have a really good team coming back to state next year. But if you want to build long-term and, and make more money in the process, yeah, you, you've got more resources. You've got a better chance to win long-term at Tennessee. Well, therein lies the problem. If you try to stay, do you stay forever then? Because these doors aren't always going to open. If Tennessee makes a good hire and it ain't you, and Texas A&M or Arkansas or these other schools make good hires, and it's not you. At some point in time, you're where you're at, and that's your lot in life. Yeah, and if you want to stay at, at Mississippi State, I mean, it, look, it's not like no, he's got no a bad gig. That. God, no. Yeah, he's he's got a good gig down there. He's making $4.5 million a year. It, it, look, he wins eight, nine games a year, and, and they treat him like, you know, like he's royalty. Yes. So the, the there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing I would that. like to see if I was him – what would happen if he could get four-star and five-star recruits? Because he doesn't get those at tennis at, at Starville. What he's doing he is gets amazing. Some, but he, he because develops. he's doing it with three-star athletes. Oh, yeah. some my my butt. He gets like three a year, two a year. You're talking. You're competing against LSU, Alabama, Auburn that get twenty a year. Yeah. No, that, that some does not equate. Okay, I'm with he, you. He had. I want to see. I, I actually am curious what he could do in a place like Knoxville, where if you got that machine running right, which I think he could and would, what what could he look like coaching wise? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a good question. It's a really good question. So let's uh, let's go on and jump into the uh, the biggest and most interesting games of the weekend, and uh, and then we'll get out of here, right? Um, Let's go on and do the big games first. Notre Dame at Miami. This was – look, we both took Miami in this. Um, the metrics told us we should take Miami. They were a home underdog. Um, I mean, what, what did you make of the 41-8 to beatdown? Oh, Miami's legit. We, we need to stop looking at the fact that they barely beat this team and they barely beat that team. They, they are getting wins when they need to get wins. And when everybody in the country is looking at them – they buckle up and they go to play and they beat the hell out of people. Two weeks straight, they've had national TV games at night, prime time, and two weeks straight, they beat the crap out of those teams. Yeah, yeah, they really did. They really did. Um, aside from that, you know, they've got Virginia and uh, a game at Pitt coming up. They should win both of those. They'll be eleven and zero going into uh, into an ACC championship game against Clemson. Whew. I mean, that's that'll be for a playoff berth if uh, if Clemson gets by South Carolina. Yes, if, if both those teams continue to do what they've done, that should be for a playoff spot. Uh, TCU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma wins that one, thirty-eight to twenty. The game was never really in doubt at all. Not at all. Like Baker Mayfield is just—he's pretty much got this Heisman wrapped up, doesn't he? Yeah, this this will probably be the biggest landslide Heisman we might have ever seen. I don't know about ever, but it, it he'll it'll be more than we've seen in the past probably decade. Okay, yeah, that's that's probably a good point. 
And so he's he is far and far and away better um, than I'm not going to say better. He has shown out on big stages more so than any other player in the country to date, and and it's not even really close. What the running backs are doing, um, you know, Wisconsin, Penn State, all those Big Ten running backs, and then Love and 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 uh, at Stanford. Yeah, is they're, what they're doing is impressive. It's awesome. It shouldn't be forgotten, but it's not. It's not on the same page as what he's doing as a quarterback. And the teams that they've played, the schedule that they've played has just been brutal. And and man, he hadn't shied away from any of it. Now, even in the game that they lost, he still had big numbers. That's right. I mean, they were in a spot to be able to win the ball game. They they lost thirty eight thirty one at home to Iowa State, and you know Iowa State's got a really good defense. I mean, it's it's an impressive defense. Uh, Georgia at Auburn. That we probably should have started off with this one, but uh, Auburn forty, Georgia seventeen, and and it wasn't even really that close. There were nope. there were mistakes all over the field for Georgia. Had so many opportunities to to get back in this game, and the two plays that stand out to me that really turned the game around the. The personal foul call on the Georgia guy that that was leaping over the uh, the Auburn uh, punt protectors that kept a drive going and that went from Auburn up nine to seven and giving the ball back to Georgia to Auburn up sixteen to seven. So yeah, that was a big swing. That that's was a big a swing. So swing. At, at the half, it is sixteen to seven. Georgia gets a three and out on Auburn, and Auburn punts the ball. And Georgia fumbles the punt, and Auburn recovers, and that makes it twenty-three to seven. And from there, the landslide was on. That's it. Yeah, that, Auburn never looked back. Auburn every every time it seemed like they rushed the football, they got you know six seven yards. Every time they wanted to get a first down, it seems like they could get a first down whenever whenever they wanted. Yeah, early in the game, it, honestly, Georgia was playing you know fairly well. They they weren't you know, at the top of their game like they have been. But it, it still could have been a closer game and their defense was in it. But once it got to be twenty three to seven, it they looked completely down and out. There was no poise on that sideline. It there there was no, their offense couldn't do anything. It, they they just looked completely done after after Auburn scored to go up twenty three to seven. They're a great front-running team. If they can keep the lead and have the lead early, they're tough to beat. But other than that, they they just cannot play from behind. You would think with all that talent they would be okay with that and, and, and not just be that overwhelmed. But that's what they were. I mean, they got overwhelmed. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Uh, speaking of overwhelmed, Ohio State 48, Michigan State 3. Took out a little frustration. Yes, um, you know, coming off of uh, coming off of just a beatdown of massive proportion, and uh, man, that's looked like a completely different team. Yeah. Now, listen, this is the Michigan State team that we've kind of all been expecting to show up at some point. Yes, they they got a lot of wins that they should not have. They win ugly. They you know never do anything that looks you know like they kind of know what they're doing. And and so this is this doesn't surprise me at all, but you know 
I think the I think the uh, point differential surprised me. Like forty eight to three is not what I would expect, uh, especially going back. You know, since Urban Meyer got there, uh, they have not been able to dominate Michigan State, and this was just you know an ass whipping from the very beginning. Yeah, but I think they're coming off of a big embarrassing loss, and that just helps. Yeah, that that that's an extra that week last week of practice was probably the best week of practice they maybe have ever had at Ohio State under Urban Meyer because they haven't had an embarrassing loss like that since he's been there. I mean, they got beat by 33 points, and it was ugly. Is there any chance Ohio State finds a way into uh, into the playoff? No. No way. And I'm I'm saying this for Notre Dame, too. You don't get beat by 33 by a team that's not even ranked and then – decide you're still one of the top four teams in the country you can't do that it's not an option losing the game is one thing getting embarrassed and completely dismantled by by over 30 and it should have been more than that because you got a garbage time touchdown at the very end to make it look somewhat a little you you to get you over 20 points and no, not at all. Not at all. That's a four, you take that garbage time touchdown away. That is a forty point beatdown on national TV to an unranked opponent. No, sir. No, sir. You don't get to play for the national championship. You run the table and chaos ensues. It does not matter. We find four other teams that belong. Well, I think. I mean, you, one. You, you know, they're not going to get in over Oklahoma, right? No. So it doesn't matter if Oklahoma loses again. You cannot justify putting Ohio State over Oklahoma. No. Um. But even then, like, I, there's still so many things that would have to go wrong. You know, at Wisconsin, even if Ohio State has a win over Wisconsin, um, I just I don't see how they can get there. No, no, I, you just can't. You cannot do it. You send a message. See, one thing that college football prides itself on is every game matters. Every game is important. If every game matters, then you can't have a 30-point loss. And, 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 and think that you can play for the national championship game. I agree. That, that's just not okay. I agree. We've if, talked if, to... they, if they find a way to get in, it's exactly what we've been saying forever. It is just strictly a TV show, and they want to see – the, the people that run the networks are picking national champions. Yeah. And that's bull crap. I agree. I agree. Uh, we talked a lot about this game already, Alabama at Mississippi State. Alabama gets the win 31-24. to Best uh, game of the weekend by far. Not yes, even close. It, it was. Uh, so ESPN's already come out. It was the highest rated uh, college football game on cable this year. All year. It was. It was the best game of the weekend, and it wasn't close. We got a lot of blowouts that hurt, but this game, Mississippi State looked unbelievable. But every time they scored, Alabama came back and countered. Yeah, Alabama went up 17-14 in this one. Uh, State came right back down and scored to make it 21-17. to And that was going into the fourth quarter. State comes back down, kicks a field goal, uh, make it 24-17. to And and then Alabama's defense put the clamps down. Yep. So, and that's, I mean, they, they were, look, they led time of possession. Uh, I mean, at one point, I think they were up 35 minutes to 11 minutes. I mean, they, they just didn't give Alabama the football. Nope. And and they put eight in the box. They stacked the box. They made Jalen Hurts throw to beat them. Uh, Hurts had two really big passes to uh, to Calvin Ridley, 
and and they were able to you know find a way to get into the end zone. And you know, it, look, Alabama doesn't look good right now, um, but they found a way to win a ball game in a tough, rugged. I mean, and honestly, I think this was the the toughest road environment that Alabama had been in. Kind of the oh, same way that Georgia was. Not close. Not so close. It, for for them, I think it's a good thing that that they got this one out of the way. Go on and go into a, a hostile environment, find a way to get a win before you have to go to Auburn. Because if they had done this at Auburn, it, it, it would have been, like I said, it would have been Auburn-Georgia again. Oh, that's right. No, you're exactly right. Because Auburn has a lot more. We love Dan Mullen. We love this Mississippi State team for what they're doing. Auburn just has more dudes. Yeah. They have more four-star and five-star guys, and I don't know that Alabama could have came back from that just the, the sheer amount of talent that they would have been up against. I agree. I agree. Uh, the interesting games of the weekend, we'll just kind of rapid fire through these in the SEC games before we uh, before we wrap this up. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. This, uh, aside from Alabama-Mississippi State, this might have been the best game of the weekend. Good game. Yeah. Real good game. Oh, it was Oklahoma fantastic. Oklahoma State seems to be involved in every great game every weekend. Well, it's because they, they can't stop anybody, but nobody they can may- stop them. And nobody can stop them. You're right. That's it. That's what makes <laughs> really, really fun football sometimes. I agree. It was 49-42. Iowa State had a chance to win the game at the end. Um, it, it was a, an interception on a pass that looked like it could have been a touchdown or an interception. Uh, but the Oklahoma State guy, you know, prized the ball away. They get possession, you know, at the end of the ball game, and and that ended it. So 49-42, Oklahoma State gets that win. Mason Rudolph is, I mean, he's pretty remarkable, man. He's, there's still a chance that if TCU loses one of their last two games, um, that they, you know, Oklahoma State could find a way back into the Big 12 championship game. That Well, and, and I'll tell you this. If chaos ensues and, you know, Clemson somehow loses a, another game but then wins the ACC championship or whatever, I, I don't know. You know, all, all kind of chaos happens in the Big, you know, Big 10 and, and whatever – I, I think the Big 12 could legitimately get two teams in before I would see the Big 10 or the Pac-12 right now. I could see that. I think I think they went from being the worst conference in the country to the best. If we were grading conference strength right now, I, I think they're better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like it's going to be TCU and Oklahoma again. I don't know that I want to watch that game again. But I mean, it, it won't be in Norman this time. So, yeah, this you know, time it'll be in Dallas, right? Yes. So this, I I, I would like to think that uh, that it'll be a little bit closer matchup. But it's we'll gonna see. Be tough. TCU just doesn't have the offensive firepower to hang with with teams like that. Yeah, but see, they they found a way to to slow down Oklahoma State's offense early in the year. That's right. So if they can put together some kind of a game plan after seeing what Oklahoma does. And they shut West Virginia down. And West Virginia, man, they got a great offense too. So, yeah. Now nah, maybe maybe they can. Maybe they can. God, they sure can't score. Yeah, they sure can't. That's oh. they they have problems there, big time problems. Uh, the next game. Now I told you to keep an eye on this one. Stanford thirty, Washington twenty two on Friday night. Oh yeah. That pretty much eliminates the Pac twelve from from the playoff. Yeah, they're not getting in. They're they're just they're not. Everybody has at least two losses. Um, Washington, 
I mean, gosh, you, all you had to do was beat a Stanford team that that has lost three games already. And terrible on offense. Yeah, just they, just they looked off. They're just terrible. Even in the wins, they're not good on offense. But man, they dominated Washington. They sure did. They they, they lined up and just whipped them the whole game. So they were up at one point, thirty to fourteen, and it it took Washington scoring a touchdown and and converting a two point conversion to keep this within one possession. But Bryce Love, I mean, he he looked great again, one hundred sixty plus rushing yards. Um, you know, I I don't know whether Stanford's good enough to be able to beat Notre Dame at the end of the year, but but they were good enough to win this ball game and it eliminated the uh, the Pac twelve. And so the next game up, uh, Florida State at Clemson. Clemson wins thirty-one to fourteen. Look, Jimbo's name is getting thrown around for uh, for like the Texas A and M job and whatnot. The- yeah, I think I think there's been talks that 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 like little relationship's just going to go away, and those two maybe have had enough of each other. It, is that surprising to you? Yeah, because they loved him so much that they gave him like a forty million dollar buyout, like just last year. So, when I, this is something that I've brought up to you a couple year, of times, one is, year went through and yeah, it, it's he, all garbage now. So with with Jameis Winston, he went what was it twenty seven and one? Yep. And aside from that, he's just an average coach. So it's it's like when you have that one transcendent college player, right? So Gene Chizik went undefeated with Cam Newton. But when he didn't have Cam Newton, you saw what kind of a coach he was. So at Florida State, though, I, I we all assumed had talent. I mean, they're a top five recruiting class every year. Uh, it It doesn't make sense for this team to be this bad just because they lost their quarterback. But it's not just because they lost their quarterback. They're just bad. They're not good at other levels, too. Which is crazy. Quarterback doesn't play defense, and the quarterback doesn't block and run the football. It's finding a way to keep these guys interested in ball games. And while the ACC is definitely improved, uh, I mean, this team should not be going to Boston College and getting beat 35-3. to Like, you know, a game against Clemson – it should be a, a tight game, and and it was for a little bit. I mean, it was seventeen to fourteen, and then Clemson said, "All right, enough of this," and, and scored two more touchdowns to to get our final margin. Um, but man, I mean, just they just don't look very good at all. Nope. Who you think wins that game between them and Florida? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I really hope. I really hope Florida does just so neither one of them are bowl eligible and they rescheduled that uh, Louisiana game. Monroe game for nothing. Louisiana Monroe for nothing. Uh, but I I don't I don't see Florida or Tennessee winning another game the rest of this year. Those two teams are just garbage. Now I'll tell you this. Let's talk about this. Tennessee finally fired their coach. Yes, Why? we we hadn't even brought that up. No, why? Why would you have gone through this entire season as the dumpster fire that it has been when I thought they were going to fire him before the South Carolina game and then fire him before Alabama? And okay, we're going to let him take the Alabama loss and then we're going to fire him after that. Why wait till now to do it with, what, two meaningless games left? Well, from, from what I have understood, they were waiting until they got the buyout terms negotiated. 
and they finally got those done. But you you allow you allowed him to blow a red shirt on a guy that might be important to the school at some point in time. Like, like there's just no way that I would have like if you're in it now, you just let him finish the season because we got well they got two more games left, three more. Yeah, games left. they play uh, LSU and Vanderbilt to close Vanderbilt. out the year. Like, like why would you not just say, you know, all right, these last games just do not matter and whatever. I don't understand the logic at what they're doing in Knoxville. I think that they thought that he could end up making a bowl game. Oh and God. and if he ended up making a bowl game, then... You think they were going to keep him? I don't know that they were going to keep him. I think that it, it would have hurt their chances at the buyout. But when you get beat 50-17 to 17 by Missouri, uh, that was their sixth loss. They are now 0-6. Interesting stat that that everybody on Twitter and and everywhere else has been talking about. Yes. Tennessee now has a loss in their last game to every SEC opponent. Yes, all 13 SEC opponents, the last time they've played them, they lost to them. And if you want to go even further than that, uh, the last time Butch Jones coached against Tennessee when he was at Cincinnati, they lost. (laughs) <laughs> so he is 0-14 against the SEC the last time that he's faced every SEC team. Golly. Man, he's just garbage. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Can he get another job? Will he be like a coordinator somewhere? Would anybody be able to touch him? Yeah. I mean, he, he went 9-4 and four his last two – or his uh, two years before this. I, I, I No, okay. I understand that this is one bad season, just like the – but you can't go from nine and four to this. Well, uh, you're, you're telling me that people wouldn't want Jimbo Fisher to coach their team. Jimbo's not him. Jimbo's won a national championship. I, I understand that conversation. I understand that. It, it's I understand that they're not the exact same guy, but I, like, no, they're not close to the same guy. But look, he built Tennessee into he. Look, they are a better team than they were when he got there. Not well, saying that I, they are this year. I think that the program well, is better. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, we disagree on that. We totally disagree on that. I don't think the coaches they had were good, but I don't think people hated the program the way they hate the program. The program is not better now. Oh no, the, I think Jimbo, the hostility I, there is is. I mean, it is a toxic environment. I think Butch Butch has been doing those little brick by brick commercials where he's building that brick uh, uh, mailbox. I, I think maybe he just needs to get into my business. He needs to come. Moved to Memphis, and I'll get him hooked up with some builders, and he can he can brick houses. That might be about the only thing. Um... I, I, think, I think he needs a complete change of venue. Like, he just doesn't need to do anything that has to do with the football ever again. <laughs> now, I might I, be wrong. He might be the next coach at Memphis because that's where he might be able to get a job at, and he might do great. I don't look, know. Look, he, he's got Jimmy Sexton on his side, so let, let's not count him out. Oh, an agent can get you a job. That agent can't keep you a job. No, I agree with you. I agree. That's a, you know what we talked about a uh, a couple of weeks ago about Butch Jones possibly going to Ole Miss. Nah, I think that's yeah, ridiculous. That uh, that stuff has been popping up on message boards. That's those. That's a bunch of Mississippi State people saying stuff that to piss people <laughs> to miss Ole Miss people off. That's all that is. It's all. It's the same things that you say. You say that Gus Malzahn should leave Auburn because you're an Alabama fan and you think he should leave Auburn. That's. That's all that. No, is. this has nothing to do with me being an Alabama fan. This is, is look. He was Gus Malzahn was on the hot seat. 
if he had lost these last two games, there was a chance. I didn't hear anybody talking about him being on the hot seat. There are so many articles about this. Like, it's not just me. It's Auburn fans in general that didn't think that he could get the job done. I mean, he went seven and six, eight and five, seven and six. You know, and then and then eight and four last year, or well, eight and eight and five last year after the uh, the loss to Oklahoma. So he hadn't won more than eight games in a year in the last four years. Yeah, coaching in the SEC West is hard. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't know that there's a coach that you can bring in that's not going to go that. Like, that's the problem. We're all looking for that next Urban Meyer or Nick Saban, and they don't exist. I think Jim Harbaugh is the third best coach in the country, and Jim Harbaugh has got three losses, might finish the season with four or five. Like, this is this is not where you can just roll out of – everybody is at a level of decent to a point that you don't just wake up and, oh, we're just going to compete for a national championship. It just doesn't happen today. College football is not the same as it's always been. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm very curious about that, that Michigan Wisconsin game. I don't know that you understand because you have one of those two guys that you know you can wake up every year and eight and four is not an option. But I, like, I haven't you, always had that. I mean, remember I, that, I went through some bad times. You've had it for a decade, and you know next year there is no chance in hell of you going nine and three. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you, it's entirely you, possible. No, it's not. No, it's not. You could wake up and literally bet your life on the fact that you won't go nine and three and it's not going to happen because like, it's just not <laughs> so so the fact that but but those are only two schools that can really do that there's only two guys that can do that other than that it's a revolving door of everybody else behind them in the top 10 on a regular basis yeah it really is it really and is. that's that's the thing is if you if you think that you can hire somebody else to do a better job than what he's doing, you're just dumb. Bob Petrino, while he was great, and I think he'd be fun in the SEC again, he he was not up there every year. And and he got fired, and so we, we all said, oh, well, he was building to something. But we don't know if that was ever going to come to fruition or not. And so it's really easy to say, oh, we got cut too short, too soon, and so we'll never know. Like, we have the luxury of having like, what, what am I thinking? Like fantasy land. We're envisioning what it could have been, but we don't know. What's he done at Louisville to show you that he could do this? Because this season he sucks. This season he's getting the hell kicked out of him, yeah. and it's his responsibility as the head coach to coach the defense too. So just because he only is an offensive guru, it's still your job to make sure the defense is ran. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And, and the guy and so, that he brought in from Mississippi State, not um, good. Like, they, they traded spots. You well, know. they didn't really trade spots. They had to let the guy go that went to Mississippi State. They had to let Graham Grantham go because of the Wake Forest crap. But they didn't, I don't think Grantham yeah. had anything to do with that. Yes, he was the guy that was made the connection because he used to coach with the dude that sold him the stuff. Yeah. Are we sure that's right? Yes, that's the reason. That's the only reason you would leave Bobby Petrino to go to Dan Mullins. Like, nobody would leave Louisville to go to Starkville. That's just – no one did that on purpose. He was let go because of that. Well, I thought that he I, – I could have sworn that he just took the job. No, I think I think they, they mutually parted ways after the Wake Forest thing because he didn't coach the bowl game either. 
He didn't make the bowl game. Huh. Yeah. No, I guess. Which, which is one of the reasons LSU's offense looks so good against that defense. Yeah, they you're play, probably look, right. So, no, I, I watched that game. I, I remember a lot more about that team. He was involved in the Wake Forest stuff, and he had to get let go. Yeah. That's a, I'm I'm looking at the Louisville Courier Journal now, and it, yeah, he was he was pushed out. It yes. doesn't say why. He because he was he was the guy that used to coach with the dude. I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy that was selling it used to be a coach at Wake Forest. He used to be a coach there. They coached together. He was the contact that got the school the information, and because he was the one that took the phone call and got the the playbook, he's the one that has to fall. That is very interesting. So anyway, so it's not like they just swapped. It's not like, you know, well, you, you hired my guy away. I'm going to hire your guy away. No. So, well, I mean, state, it, it is what happened, but yes, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with I mean, you. They, they happened to swap, but, but one team had to let a guy go because of something that happened that he did. But okay. anyway, neither, neither here nor there. I, I don't – anyway, I, I don't know there's anybody out there that you could go hire – at Auburn that's going to do anywhere close to what Gus Malzahn has done. And if Auburn fans think that, they're fools. They're absolute fools. If they really, truly believe that somebody else can do better than making it to a national championship and consistently competing with Alabama, not beating Alabama, but not getting blown out every year by Alabama like everybody else in that country does, then you need to be happy with that because I don't know that somebody else is going to give you that. And you may have a good point. You may have a really good point. Um, let's talk about these last few games. Uh, Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin wins 38-14. to I'm, I'm very curious what Wisconsin ends up doing against Michigan this weekend. Um, All right, hang on. Let, we're, we're, not, we're not previewing this week's games, but can we say this is like one of the worst weeks of college football? And, yeah, it's really bad. And – Somebody at Fox decided we're going to make this the 11 a.m. game when for the first time in a long time you could be the only 2.30 game that people want to watch or the only seven o'clock, 6 o'clock game that everybody wants to watch. Now, you I will say this. prime time. So, our buddy Sam. Instead prime time, we're going to go on 11 a.m. Our buddy Sam from westlotpirates.com, right? You remember we had them, the, yeah. uh, the Northwestern yeah. guys on. They said uh, – that in late November, it is brutally, awfully cold at Wisconsin, so they don't like having late start times there in late November. But I don't think I would care. At least make this the two thirty game. Like that's what yep. I was explaining. This is, I mean, college game day is at this game. Yep. Because there's nothing better. Day ends the the game of the weekend is going to kick off, and that's weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, the game is going to kick off immediately after game day, so, like, who is still going to be out in the crowd? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, none, none of it makes any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but Michigan at Wisconsin is the 11 a.m. game on Fox, and after that, like, look, their 3 o'clock game on Fox is Maryland at Michigan State. It's going to be a terrible slate. Not just that. No other channel are you competing with great games like we have been. This past weekend, the 2.30 slot was lined with, like, three games. The 5, 6, and 7 o'clock slots had tons of games going that were all awesome at the same time. This is but the see, one this weekend is, at the end of the year where you can say, 
we are going to have the premier game. We can pick a time slot, and everybody in the country is going to watch this game. And and for some reason, like at eleven o'clock, you've got Virginia at Miami. You've got Texas at West Virginia. You've got TCU at Texas Tech. SMU at Memphis. Mississippi State at Arkansas. Uh, I, none of it makes any sense to me. Like the two thirty so game, weird. the two thirty games hey, are. Excuse me. Excuse me. You live in freaking Wisconsin. You play in the Big Ten. You don't get to complain that it's really cold at night. So we want to play in the morning. <laughs> all right. You don't want to play in the cold. Then move your ass south. But yeah, that's ridiculous. That's got to be the. I love those guys. That might be a true reason why they do it. That's obscene to me. Yeah, if it's really that damn cold, then I don't know what to tell you. The whole thing is absurd. That that that's it's easy for me to say in Mississippi where it's going to be fifty five degrees that that's crazy, but I don't live there. Yeah, you chose to live there. True, true. So I, anyway, just nuts. It, the the whole thing is bananas. Let's uh, we still let's, play day games in August in Mississippi where it's four hundred degrees. True. We don't say oh we got to wait until nighttime. It's too hot. It's too hot. We still get out there and mix it up, and people kill over it. It sucks, but it is what it is. Here, let's do a uh, rapid fire on the SEC while we uh, while we finish up. All right, all right. Uh, South Carolina twenty eight, Florida twenty. This was a little closer than I anticipated. You agree? I, I cannot believe Florida scored twenty points. I, I just that was shocked me. I wonder if South Carolina just pulled the gas off and got a lot of other guys playing time and is getting ready for Clemson. You might be right. You might be right. Because they got up they got up to a lead pretty quickly. And I think after that's when Florida started scoring. And I have a feeling that they were just getting ready for Clemson at that point. LSU thirty three, Arkansas ten. Um after this, uh Cole Kelly, the uh the backup quarterback for Arkansas, uh went out and got himself a DWI. Yep. Arkansas is not looking good right now at all. And I this really bothers me. You know how much I like Brett Bieleman. I, I I like him a lot. I hope he gets on somewhere else. I don't know. He's I, he's I just got problems him, right now. I find him real enjoyable. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't. I don't know why he couldn't build what he built at Wisconsin here. That's what I can't figure out. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Like it, it. Well, I'll tell you this: in Wisconsin, um, he's not going up against. You know, if you look at the divisions in the Big Ten. It's a little bit easier at that point, but even at Wisconsin, I mean, he he was still winning Big Ten championships when he was going eight and five, you know, seven and five. You know what? That's it. There, that's the difference is is you can go eight and five and still win the Big Ten. Yeah, it's and and that was before Urban was there and and all that good stuff. So, you know, things are obviously a little different in the Big Ten now than they were, but uh, but Wisconsin's just a, a little bit of a different beast than uh, than Arkansas is. Um, Ole Miss, 50. Louisiana Lafayette, 22. I mean, is there anything to take from this other than the fact that I think Jacob Tamu is a better quarterback than Shea Patterson? Ooh, you really think that? I 100% believe that. This team is better with him at, at the quarterback position. Wow. Like he, Patterson's a good quarterback. Yeah, Patterson's great. But I, I think that I think Tamu, I mean, he's a junior college kid. It really pisses me off to see all these other SEC teams have multiple layers at the quarterback position. And, and LSU's LSU, got Danny Ellis. <laughs> for, for over a decade, 
we're taking Purdue's hot, sloppy second garbage. That this is really bothers me. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, I agree. Jay that, Patterson, come on down to Baton Rouge, baby. They don't even love you in Austin no more. Just Ole Miss come on is down. Uh, Ole Miss is we'll five and home. five now. And I mean, they've got a chance to to finish. Like they're favored over Texas A and M this weekend. That all right now? That when we get to previewing day, that's going to be a fun one. I I actually think that's a fun game. If, no, if I, think I had nothing a, else to do, I, I would consider going to Oxford for a game like that. I agree. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's a Saturday night game. Uh, I think the fans are going to be pretty riled up. It's the last home game yep. um, of this of this crap season that they've had to endure. But even now, I mean, they've got as many wins this year as they did last year with Hugh Freeze as the coach. So let me ask you a question. I've got zero Ole Miss friends that believe this, but I have read multiple Ole Miss people thinking Matt Luke has done enough to keep the job. Is there any way that's true? Because because I don't see him. He, he can't be an SEC head coach. I think it is. I think it all depends on the NCAA stuff that comes down. Like if if nobody else wants the job, then sure. Oh, somebody somebody will take the job just because they want to be in the SEC. They want to be a part of of something like that. I think but Charlie Ryan Strong is the hot name right now. The job is crazy. Like Char- Charlie Strong, I think would take the job. I think so but, too. And, and you, I, man, I was on that list last year. Last oh yeah. year, I was saying fire this guy and hire Charlie now before all this even comes out. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, Kentucky and Vanderbilt, I don't even remember what the final score was on this, but Kentucky absolutely blasted them. Um, Killed them. Where'd that offense come from for Kentucky? Here we go. 44-21 was the final. Let's uh, let's look at these numbers. Uh, and, and it wasn't crazy. Uh, Kentucky had 232 rushing yards. They held Vanderbilt to 60 rushing yards. A lot of turnovers didn't didn't Kentucky get a couple of turnovers? They got four turnovers. That's it. That like how did where did that come from? Uh, well, I mean Vanderbilt threw the football forty three times. No, it's too much. Vanderbilt can't do that. Until, well, I, I guess mean, they had to because you just gave the rushing totals. Yeah, I, I mean you you, you, you were can't down rush for a hundred yards. You're right. Yeah, you I mean you you were down seven. early, like you yeah. you were down quick, so you you had to throw the ball a lot, and Man. they're just not built for that. Okay. So A and M finishing strong. A and M beat the absolute mess out of uh, New Mexico, fifty-five to fourteen. Um, I mean, if is there any way that someone wins the last two games against Ole Miss and LSU? Oh no, no, I, man, I I might be way too cocky right now, but I think LSU is playing better than we've played all year, and and I think I don't know that we're losing to many people. No, not right now. I mean, all you've got left is uh, is Tennessee and Texas A and M. Georgia, right now, and this is real cocky of me. If we had to line up against every SEC team again this week, I'd be nervous about Alabama, but not afraid of them. I'd be nervous about Auburn, but not afraid of them. And I think that's it. I would feel I'd take my chances against Georgia and everybody else in the SEC. I think I think they're just playing at a different level now. Could we, if we go into Knoxville and lose, yeah, I'm just gonna go into the closet, <laughs> end it all. <laughs> I can't live with that. Yeah, I can but understand that. It wouldn't surprise me if, after all the noise I talked. But all right, and finally, Missouri 50, Tennessee 17. Uh, the most surprising thing of this game was the rushing total for Missouri, and that was my stat of the week on the uh, on the on the website. 
Yes, sir. Um, Missouri ran for 433 yards in this game. That's how I like to watch football. There aren't many Minnesota, uh, Missouri games that I would ever deem to have been fun to watch. But this, this is one fun. of the reasons I love Brett Bieleman is he put 500 yards of offense up on the ground. Yeah. That and that's what Missouri imposing, has done. That's so, imposing your will. The the last two years, and granted, look, they got beat by Tennessee like 63-37 to 37 last year, but they put 420 yards on the ground on them. So in the last two years against Tennessee, they have put up 853 yards oh, rushing. Goodness gracious. That's a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, that's a, that's what we call grounds for dismissal. Yeah, that's a, Bob Shoup's got some explaining to do, my friend. Man. <laughs> Man. That's some crazy numbers, right? That is. That really is crazy. Uh, I'm with you. All right, look, that's going to wrap it up. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899 and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show and until next time, have a good one guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.